Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish Football Periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined by this occasion by Duncan Mackay. Hello, I will not be appearing on Rock Radio tonight. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a shame. Yeah. It's a shame for everybody but me. And anybody listening, I presume. <laughs> and I'm also joined by Graham Thulis. Yes, and I will also not be appearing on Rock Sport Radio tonight either. That's that's true, but uh, you're in a fair city for a change. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a real treat for me to to visit a, a city which is somehow even fucking colder than mine. So <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. It's the wind. It doesn't rain as much. Though. So miserable. It is so cold that I'm never coming back. <laughs> right, Graham. Since you're here, we may as well start with Motherwell, resurgent Motherwell. I don't know if I'd stop. I'd stop well short of calling us resurgent, but we're not nearly as bad as St Mirren are. So that's something to look forward to. Um, kind of a difficult game to judge on the whole um, in terms of whether we're good, bad or indifferent um, because St Myrna are absolutely terrible um, positives, some real, real positives from Motherwell as we finally shifted away from the 3-5-2 formation that Robinson's been so keen on um, as the team was announced it actually looked like it was keeping that with McHugh um, dropping in the back four but instead we reverted to the 4-4-2 with the diamond formation in midfield McHugh um, set the deepest, bigger man out in the left um, Turnbull at the, the tip of it and uh, who's the other midfielder that was in there? Completely blanked on um, Grimshaw and Grimshaw out on the right as well which Grimshaw out on the right particularly had a while he I've been fairly critical of Grimshaw in terms of his ability on the ball but what he did throughout the game was unleash Chris Cadden um, which was something I've been banging on about for weeks is that a big reason why we're struggling is because of Chris Cadden essentially not being in the game I've got a new I've got a question actually written down here is Chris Cadden the new Callum Patterson 
I would say there's a, there's a reasonable element of that in the game. Um, obviously, no one's as aggressive as Callum Patterson because <laughs> um, he's not going to head up his own head or something over a stand. Um, but by allowing him to go deeper, it allows him to run from deep, which allows him to open up fully, which at wing back, even from a starting position, he can never really get up to full speed because there's always either two players in front of him or someone coming to close him down, which again may be down to the fact that St. Mullen are absolute garbage. Um, but in a 4-4-2 with Grimshaw inside him, um, it gives us so much uh, flexibility with Cannon. Uh, the runs that Grimshaw were making were exactly what he was there to do. Well, as I say, it wasn't fantastic on the ball, did what he was meant to do. Did, as you imagine, a, a sort of English youth academy player is coached and do what you're meant to do in terms of keep the ball, hold the ball, move on to somebody else. Really simple stuff. But the runs and the graft that he put in, the second goal particularly came from that, which was Grimshaw coming from uh, inside to out, or sorry, outside to in, which allowed Cannon to bust through the middle or bust through, bust through wide, um, which was was huge for us. Um, all in all, a good performance, and very few failures on the team for change, um, which was it was good too. Decent goals, um, and David Turnbull's an absolute baller. I was a bit just about to say, what's well, been a pretty dismal season so far for Motherwell, one kind of ray of light has been Turnbull, who does look like a player. He has an ability to he has the ability to hold the ball in midfield. I wasn't sure whether it was because St Mirren were incapable of closing him down, because St Mirren's midfield wouldn't close anybody down <laughs> and throughout the entire game, which is very odd. Um, but he never looks flustered on the ball and it was the same, the same in, the other, in, the, in the previous game as well just doesn't look flustered gets the ball down has that ability to just you know when you look at a footballer and a, or you look at a guy playing and he just looks like a footballer just in the way that he moves and his hips move and his shoulders move around the park he looks like a footballer more than anything else we got and then, and then he hits a shot that no keeper in the world could, could no save no keeper in the world could save um, it's been really good actually seeing St Mirren fans Talking about how great Craig Sampson is this season because he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like to be fair, he, he has had some. He's had some really good games. I think it was St Johnston uh, last weekend. Made about four hundred saves, um, mainly because no one in front of him would defend. Um, but yeah, he absolutely threw one in there. Um, St Mirren, on the whole, didn't defend all that badly. Their midfield was all over the place, though. No, as I say, no one was putting any pressure on the ball. Which I mean, you've got guys like Turnbull in there, in there picking the ball about. Um, is particularly noticeable and then secondly the second goal as well nobody really got particularly tight at any point and it was no it was they had you could see on the, on the highlights they had people back yeah and people again, were there yeah. and, and we'll see that in another game that, from uh, that was similarly uh, a team full of pish uh, were involved in uh, is that it, getting bodies back no longer is a, is a way to defend anymore and it was the, the wee flick from Turnbull which uh, released uh, Tate on the left hand side it was, it was really really nice play I think it was like 11-12 uh, pass move which for Motherwell is uh, out of the ordinary certainly uh, we've not been able to, I think we put more passes together on that single move for that goal <laughs> than we have in the, in the previous three games combined um, but again it all came down to Cadden Coming out of right back, busting forward and scoring with his wrong foot as well, and his, and, and and scoring whilst falling over as well, yeah, which is a nice the ball <laughs> in, in, in the net, um, and as well as that, his celebration is by miles my highlight of the season so far, as he ran over the fans and just like beating the badge <laughs> in his chest over and over again, like. Alright, good. Given that there was a rumour, a rumour doing the rounds the day before that Cadden signed a pre-contract, was about to sign a pre-contract with Hearts. Um, that must be pissed though, because he can't actually sign it until. January, so it's yeah, he's not going to sign it until January, either way. But the idea that he's going to sign a pre contact in, in January with Hearts, and then I don't know, again, it's one of those things you've no idea whether footballers know it, whether it's just a coincidence or anything along those lines, but you do wonder. 
Um, but yeah, good, good for Chris Cadden. Um, I watched the first fifty minutes of this game. Um, so uh, did you? Did you see Anton Ferdinand leave his own half? Because <laughs> I, I was paying. I bet least saw any sort of He, I think he left his own half twice. Uh, once to uh, go and run over after Ryan Flynn got himself sent off. But aside from that, no, he's terrified. He is so immobile. It is unbelievable. And again, he didn't have a terrible game, but he just can't move. Cannot move. That uh, Flynn, who was mentioning he'd been sent off there, is one of. The, oh, there was a, there was another one last night of just idiotic red cards to yeah, get. But it's, it's just if you're going to get sent off, don't at least do some damage. If you know what I mean, like if you're get, it's if, so half-heartedly yeah. high. If that makes like with that, if you're going to get yourself sent off, don't get yourself sent off while you're two nothing down in a game that you're not going to win. Yeah. Like what? Like, all it does is take you out of the next game. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, you're just asking not to. Yeah, like, no, 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 you're, 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 make, you're making it easy for your man to drop yeah. you in the future as well. Yeah, if, if you're going to get sent off, you need you needed to be for something proper, like getting overly aggressive at an Australian who's half your size. <laughs> More on that later. Yes. <laughs> so as I noticed this game, actually one thing to add for the model, I thought Curtis Main looked back to something approaching his best. Although it was it was seemed to made quite easy for him. Every time the ball was kind of pinged into his general area in the no Sunderland box, he seemed to want be the one getting it rather than yeah. Sunderland three centre backs as well for Sunderland, and not one of them ever kind of laid a glove on Main. That was kind of summed up uh, Sunderland's performance as well because you alluded to it already the amount of times that Motherwell were able to kind of play in the space in between their midfield. Oh God, what is that? It's a midfield four, so it's a 3-4-3. Three, three. It's like the least adventurous 3-4-3 three, three I might yeah. have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> because there's just such a lack of belief as well when they do, like, for most of the time, all it was was long balls to Simeon Jackson, who's, first of all, I'm not seen, because I was away for a month as well, I'm not seeing a lot of these teams. It was first time I kind of saw Jackson. I just kind of thought from hearing reports that he was bigger than he is. So yeah. I was like, why is he getting all the long balls <laughs> towards him? Especially when it's Aldred and Hartley that's defending him. He is the most English League One footballer. <laughs> like, just as a look, he's got that wee, just that wee little bit of, of, of bum fluff underneath his chin. He just looks like, if you draw a picture of an English League One striker, I would draw a picture of Simeon Jackson. He, again, I kind of, there was a couple of players in the in the Submarine team I kind of felt for. He was one of them. Because he was putting in a shift and he was chasing it after them, he have a chance. Yeah. Uh, up, as you say, up against Hartley and Aldred, as from a Motherwell perspective, is is a, is a back two, which makes perfect sense. Finally, the back three doesn't work at the moment because we don't have Keeper who's stepping out and winning mm-hmm. the ball. Now you just get two big bastards in the half there, and you just can say, look, you just go win the ball, fine, not a problem. Um, and Stephen McGinn as well, who was doing his absolute best in the middle of the park, but he is a little bit older. He's not quite getting the legs around, but it just you can see him looking around. They're going, "Well, like who do I even give the ball to here?" And no, if no one's looking for it as well, it makes yeah, it like, it's so difficult. Yeah, I think uh, the problem with one of the problems was numerous problems. Yeah, but one of the problems is that a lot of these guys who were like the better players last season. Uh, the forms just regressed so much, yeah. and McGinn being one of them, uh, Smith being another. And it could be that they've, they've failed to handle a step up. I think it's a combination of that and the fact that the team that works so well together... Half of them aren't there. I kind of had his guts ripped out of it uh, yeah. by kind of Stubbs deciding that a lot of them weren't good enough. And you're now putting these same players in a team with you know guys, maybe not so much lesser quality, although I think some fans would say a lot of them are, yeah. but more that they just... It just doesn't fit now, so their their performance is suffering as a result. And then you have very little to build on because yeah. the guys who were doing it for you before aren't doing it. Now. And, so what, and the, what do you have? And they've had very little consolidation time as well. Yeah. You know that's what that's what preseason is, is 
partly for in terms of that you might be starting for you might get new bedding in and and Owen Kearney's going to have to do it all on the fly. I mean, they are just they are just so lucky that Dundee are even worse. I do, I, I, and again, in general, as much as I'm talking about how terrible some are not, I do genuinely feel for the fans when you're. When you've gone from last year, which was so positive, uh, as well. so positive, it just looked like a great laugh. Everyone was having a good time. There was a decent turnout last night. It was almost four thousand there last night as well, including sort of eight hundred Motherwell fans. Yeah. They're still getting people through the gate to watch this absolute horror show. Um, but at the same thing, like you say, they brought in, they've lost a lot of players first and foremost. They bought predominantly, a lot, yeah. <laughs> predominantly because Alan Stubbs either fucked them about or didn't renew contracts or whatever else, uh-huh. um, or pushed them out of the club. Um, and then you've got guys who come in and again you are shopping in it uh, around for guys who are out of contract so guys like Anton Ferdinand and, and uh, Simeon Jackson and again not a slight on them at all but you do wonder whether you've they've got to have the right motivation yeah. it's not, not, it's yeah. not uh, when they come when if you're getting guys, those out. yeah when you're comparing them to guys like Paul McGinn and Stephen McGinn who very clearly have the, the best interests of St Merlin at heart they're doing everything they can for the club and then you've got guys and not just not put a slight on Ferdinand and Jackson and guys like that do they really give a shit I don't know, doubt, kind of doubtful. They're trying their best, and, and Ferdinand seems to be well liked by the fans, but it's just not the same as it was last year. And as I say, I do feel for them. Right, let's move on to Dundee nil, Celtic 5. Uh, and I'm just going to read, this is going to take a while, so sit back, guys. It's story time. I might, I might, I might, I might, I might. I've got some water here, I might just take a sip. It's, it's story time with Gary Cocker, because I asked Gary for some notes, and the notes were just too perfect that I thought, I'm just going to read it, this entire thing. <laughs> So this might take a good few minutes, but I think it's I worth might it. not actually have to do anything else about this no. game. So, Dundee lined up 4-5-1 with Kalman up top on his own. Kenny Miller started on left mid and Deacon on right mid, but they seemed to swap occasionally. However, this tended to just be corner free kicks. So it was probably a dynamic move based on positions rather than a considered move. We were a bit hamstrung by Calvin Miller not being able to play, but even more hamstrung by the absolute clowns we let McCann sign. McIntyre's game plan was simple Sit back, pack the defence and hope to hit them on the counter However, well. it failed miserably As whenever we did break up the park We couldn't get hold of it How are they going to break up the pace? How are they going to break on the counter? <laughs> the left side was woefully underused No doubt in part due to Kerr being an engine on the right But also thanks to Kenny Miller being anonymous And Kazunga concentrating on not fucking up at left back <laughs> Brackets He did the right to be fair The panic and lack of confidence in the team was palpable from kickoff. The goals Curran stood off Rogic uh, just outside the box, which allowed him to ping in the first, which, by the way, i just like to interject. It shows you how terrible that Dundee are, that Tom Rogic should pin one in from 25 yards and just and look like his nan just died. Yeah, <laughs> That's how little he cared about the goal. And this was conned by Lustig in the penalty box. <laughs> in brackets, Christ, I hate Lustig. <laughs> <laughs> and the fourth... <laughs> The third, fourth and fifth were all due to not tracking runners properly. In other words, all the basics McIntyre has claimed he's working on. Our biggest difficulty is that we don't have hard workers in midfield who will track back and dig in. By all accounts, after the fifth went in, Celtic just brought out the cigars and didn't bother, but it could have been double figures. For Celtic, Tierney and Sinclair were having a whale of a time out left, and that was with Cammy Kerr putting in a good shift at right back and doing what he could to repel them. McGregor was the quote-unquote deepest midfield player, but that's not saying much, as Annie came on but went off for a straight and Tierney collapsed at one point and nobody around him with nobody around him uh, but he was fine to continue see, see just uh, as an aside Alzani looked like the happiest man in the world to be going off on a stretch <laughs> like he was going off on a stretch so just waving and smiling away at people <laughs> uh, Gordon had nothing to do we didn't have a single shot on target and wasted the few set pieces we had 
There were fewer Dundee fans there than Celtic fans. Brackets, bollocks to claim and there was 8,000 there. The Derry, Cox and Mainstar were less than half full and the way end holds 3,000. No doubt, 30 pounds. Brackets, 30 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> Midweek evening game on the telly affected that, but also speaks to our malaise. We had five shots on target and three games exceeded 12 since McIntyre came in. If it's a clear in January, I'd keep Parish, Kerr, Calvin Miller, bring back Kerr Waddle from Morton, OD, brackets, I know, but at least he seems to give a fuck. McGowan, Kamara, Madianga, Deacon, and that's about it. None of our strikers are up to scratch, and there's so many of other players just don't look like they give a shit. We're really seeing the limitations of Curran and Spence, who are absolute lightweights, and me keeping Deacon would purely be because he's able to do something on the odd occasion. And, Ma- not, and, and maybe by that point, Gary will learn how to spell, spell him in the Rory group chat. Deacon in the group chat, because it's fucking infuriating. <laughs> And funny season, 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 Deacon. season for his first name. Raptor Deacon still the better. I love Raptor Deacon. I really want to again. Dundee getting better. No, it was it was Rory season. So now his name, now his name is Raptor season. Raptor season. Like again, it would be really good if it, if they got any good at all, particularly down to Raptor season, because then we could use that as a part of the rest of the year. There's no chance. Right, McIntyre has his work cut out to say the least but his emerging preferences are concerning Kenny Miller is seemingly undroppable and opting for Hamilton over Parrish isn't overly popular either although to be honest Hamilton wasn't massively at fault last night he has at least set a clear formation he'll follow but the stand of our play has fallen off a cliff we were shite and lost games under McCann but you could see some attempts at playing football McIntyre has set us out to put the ball in the channels <laughs> And it's reaping absolutely no rewards. <laughs> Maybe we'll be more expansive in our next two games, which will be vital. We need to avoid losing to Motherwell and to beat St. Martin at home to show us some sign of life. The only thing that could have bettered that would have been if we'd record, if you got to record that as a voice note and just like, <laughs> heard his depressed Dundonian tones. <laughs> I, I, my only comments to the game were, number one, that Dundee back four. Oh my goodness me! Even just written down on paper, that's a bad look. So it was it was Kerr Innes, O.D. and Kasunga at left yeah. back. Terrifying, absolutely petrifying. Uh, does that mean Ryan Christie is actually a Celtic player now? Because I had him. I don't know if a couple of years ago I wrote a possibly unkind article about how the jerseys do actually shrink for inferior players, <laughs> which is why Gary McKay Stevens got a league winners medal too. Um, does Ryan Christie actually count as a Celtic player now, or is it just because the last it's couple of games? Three games. Let's yeah, um, yeah. yeah let's, let's stick a pin in that one. Let's review. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, the speed at which Celtic were hitting the ball to one another more than anything else mm-hmm. uh, is a bit of a fear. Oh yeah. Because uh, yeah. you see, it's, you see it in good teams all the time when they're absolutely leathering passes to one another, and that was it. The third goal, um, Tierney crossed it in. Yeah. Was the best example of that of just players. Absolutely rattling the ball to one another and getting yeah, and knowing and knowing they'll be in control. Aye. And that, I mean, it's helped because Dens is a really good part yeah. to play on. But one, um, one so. such passing to get that goal. Absolutely. I, uh, I think. I mean, it's helped if everyone else is if Dundee are yeah. playing playing statues, but yeah. um, it's still quite a difficult task. If you yeah. see, yeah, training cones are sometimes harder <laughs> to beat than Dundee defenders. I think it was the last time I was on the show. I was kind of explaining the ridiculousness of football fans by saying that I couldn't help the fact that this tiny voice in the back of my head was going who can win the title <laughs> uh, that, that voice is dead <laughs> that voice has been killed off in fact sorry he's got a, he's got a six month injury yep, uh, but the combination of that and Celtic just look and absolutely terrified again uh, I'm not entirely sure what clicked for them but it certainly seems to have done yeah, as, as, as Gary alluded to as well like Dundee aren't even particularly bad in any specific area it's not that like you look at Dundee and say oh 
the, do the midfield's a bit, a bit light or no, it's not they're, they're, not, they're is, not creating chances they're, they're not defending very well it's the goalkeeper but that's the same with the three they've teams got, they've got the no, no bright points isn't it? they're, yeah. they're, they're a, a, a three and a half out of ten it's a real real difficult position for them to be in um, <laughs> yeah. one Celtic one Celtic player from Bibby Shireland on the Scott Sinclair who does yep. seem slightly rejuvenated yes, yes. Um, he, he played well when he came on against Hearts on, on Sunday mm-hmm. and he was great again again for him and Tierney just sort of field day down that flank so yeah remember that it's what each other looked like and started playing like <laughs> that again which is nice yeah right let's go to Livingston where St Johnson won again uh, Sexy St Johnson may be dead though Yes. As long as you're getting victories, it's probably not that bad. Well, one of the few teams to to go to. Well, as long as his first defeat since opening day of the season. Yeah, to the to, to the Tony Mass. It's mental. Like, <laughs> 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 when you hear stats sometimes in the top of the commentary, yeah, you do sometimes go, what? <laughs> Livingston's first defeat under Gary Holt. Um, Absolutely, David Martindale must have been busy last ludic- night. Absolutely ludicrous. Again, I understand that this is, is part of a wider thing. And it, Livy have been very good but just when you put it in the context of that and you think back to the start of the season how things were how you, I keep doing this every time I look at Livingston how is that po- how how <laughs> and it's not like they've not even played anyone crap like, it's not like they've had the easiest run of fixtures we're through a full round of fixtures now and they've lost two games let's see if they can keep it going though oh, yeah absolutely because well, yeah. you do get it uh, they have looked very good, and you'd yeah. now be surprised if they slump. You'd be very yeah. surprised. It's if like when you play new poker, people that have never played poker for the first time. <laughs> like, there's, there's sometimes quite good, like there's that element because you just don't know what they're about. I was I was going to give the example of Hull City underneath. Uh, no, nah, I prefer I prefer mine. To be honest. Okay. I prefer Quirley Dunkers as well. I was going to go with the Alec Neil example. Yes. Yeah. So well, David Martindale gets a job down south. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Hull City under Phil Brown where they were absolutely flying oh, at the yeah, start of the yeah, season yeah, yeah. and then it just and takes a, a couple of bad results and it shows you kind of confidence is so huge in football that when that confidence then gets dented then It's a bubble It's a yeah, proper bubble Some, that some, can, some uh, of these guys might start looking like players who were in playing a League 1 2 season. Well, I mean, I think that's what we said didn't we, when they got promoted that they were a team of sixes playing at tens like they were just their, their performance levels at tens and some of them have improved the squad definitely but they were this so so far through the first round of fixtures they've been playing yeah. about nine, ten again. It's what happens when your well, sixes you, yeah, yeah. your sixes start playing at six. I mean, does that mean like, that Scott Pittman's Giovanni then? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm saying they're, they're going to then fall into a relegation battle because I yeah. just I just can't see <laughs> no because no one's that bad. Yeah, I just can't see anybody in, like falling into that bottom three. In fact, Levy could maybe lose every game for the rest of the season and still finish tenth. Yeah, I'd probably go with that. Yeah, probably, 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 and they're probably helped by the fact that they've signed a guy who looks like he's stepped out of the pod as well. So that's very terrifying looking human being. He is a uh, is the identicate Dutch footballer, yes, isn't it? Millions of percent. But you also don't want to have your your second half of the season, or you know, you don't want to be a second, downer. Aye, yeah. to be a downer because you want to you want to have a platform to build off of and, and to to kind of have a similarly successful season next time around. So for yeah. me, the next. The next mm-hmm. game is huge because they're away to Hamilton next and if they pick up three points in that one then it's fine it's just yeah, a blip yeah. and confidence will stay high but if they don't beat Hamilton then they've got home to Celtic and away to Rangers and then yeah. that's the kind of run of games where you go four games without a win and then it starts to become a bit worried yeah. yeah it starts to become a worry I think the it's, it might sound a bit odd but I think the Scottish Cup might also be quite illustrative of what Livingston are about you know, in terms of you, you see some teams that are just like we're all about a league yeah. we don't let whereas if Livingston are 
want to be taken seriously, then the cup is the sort of, the Scottish Cup especially is the sort of competition where you might get a bit more of a reflection of what they're and meant again, to be for, about. For Livy as well, the Scottish Cup is, is uh, as you say, it's, it's, a free it's, hit, it's it? unlikely that they're going to drop into the relegation battle just because Dundee and St Mirren are so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's unlikely they're going to drop in there. Um, but if they, again, look at the draw in the Scottish Cup, get a couple of home ties. It's not unheard of. Nobody off. wants to go to Livingston. Like, nobody yeah. wants to go there. Um, because it looks, it's a, it's a hard, like, they're well set out there. Um, but yes, St Johnston play with width again. Yes, they, they went with a three-five-two. They basically just kind of matched Livingston up. And I, th- I watched the first half of this as well. And from what I could see, the St Johnston were kind of helped by the fact that both full, sorry, both wing backs, Ricky Foster and Scott Tanzer, played pretty well and got forward and kind of. That helped kind of push Livingston back a bit more than I think they would have wanted to at home. It also helped as well that any time the ball went near Tony Watt, it just seemed to stick to him. Yeah. Um, and a perfect example of how you can have a, a terrific game as a forward uh, and not score. Yeah, yeah. And as well as that, I mean, you look at his, his performance last week, well, he seemed to play quite well, but then somehow managed to what, have a horrible series of misses. Um, and then this week, he hit a shot. Definitely sure. <laughs> <laughs> so if he was claiming the one early in the season that was, uh, that was non goal, was his then, yeah. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he claimed on Twitter that he meant it. But yeah, I think you see, he looks up to goal, he doesn't look along. No, he's like, oh, I think Matt Kennedy's going to be there. And <laughs> <laughs> also, if he did, that would be some terrible technique for a, for a cross. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, it's just, it's, it's, again, it's a, it's a great bounce back for him um, after last week, as you can tell after the game that he was really down about it. And again, they won the game because. Um, but yeah, to, you, you, you have a swing at something which ends up directly on somebody else's toe. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and more to say about these two. So Johnson are actually, I think they're above Aberdeen now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. That, that happened very quietly. Yeah. Well, they, it's, it's again. It's, what, it's, they, they're back to being St Johnson again. I've kind of missed this. They've won what three rounds? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's the middle of the table is so close just now, and you can chuck. Again, I was looking at the table as well, and again, to come back to Motherwell, if we win a game, that puts us in 11, something like four points behind Aberdeen. And again, Motherwell are probably going to end up in that bottom four. Uh, but they two might three, not. Two, <laughs> or three, two or three results, and they're mid-table. Excellent. Right, next game. Aberdeen against Hamilton Ackes. 3-0 win for the hosts. And yeah, uh, Martin Cannon... <laughs> Not in endearing himself very well to the Aki's fans. I think he came out with something along the lines of, ah, well, this, is, this isn't the games that we're judged by. Yeah. Uh, Aberdeen in the bottom half of the table, mate. <laughs> and played a fairly draining game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, late on Sunday as played well, the, really. Yeah, so. Played the near enough the exact same team. Uh, Lowe came in for Considine. I think that was the only change. Yeah. So, yeah, but no. Just as an aside, I hate that Aki's kit. <laughs> that Aki's kit is just absolutely hot. It's just minging. Black, black kit. It looks like a training top. I think it's terrible. Really awful looking kit. Um, on the other hand, James Wilson, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> what a goal. Um, but before, actually, before. Yeah, well, there's not really much to say that. It was just a, a terrific strike. And. Um, McKinnis said afterwards, and you can see that why he's a Manchester United player, or not necessarily. That the heights, but you, why they've been yeah. invested in them for so long? Because yeah. you can definitely see there's a player there, and you, you, you saw him glimpses on on Sunday, and he is just he's just not played a lot of games. Yeah. So like, I, I th- yeah, how he has the plays within the fitness. Yeah, and he's not had pre-season, so he's got to 
get fit during games. You saw, yeah. that, saw that in the Hibs game as well. Like by the end of that, he was, he was absolutely done. Like how, how he was even still standing was a miracle. Because he does. Because to be fair, that way Aberdeen are currently set up, he's asked to do an awful lot of running. Yes. You look at the Aberdeen team, and I think that. I looked at the today and I thought it's, it's a good side. It's a side that I still think can can really push on and challenge, you know, Hibs, Hearts, and Kelly and you know, Rangers for uh, for you know what's ever going spare in the league after Celtic romp to the title again. I, but it's just it, I think this is maybe at this point in time they need the January transfer window to to do a bit of kind of. Restructuring of this because they need to the Kenny McLean. The, like the, the, they do because there's a whole lot. You remember that Greg Tanzi's still there, right? Because <laughs> like, I don't know if they do, but Greg Tanzi's still an Aberdeen player. Because there's a lot of ifs. So like, if, <laughs> if, if, who's that guy? If James Wilson can um, get like some, form, yeah, some, some confidence yeah. and then goal scoring form, then that'll do them a good stead. And they'll, they'll be fine in that area. If Scott Wright can fill that number ten void, if right now I'm again. Can, he's always been a little inconsistent, yeah, but if he can, if he can at least get anywhere near the kind of consistency that he had, you know, like before he left, I think he's, I think he's not fit and not confident. Yeah, in that he was brilliant when he came off the bench against Harps, but it's just, yeah, again, I mean, you thought that was perfect for him to go into the the game against Rangers, but he was he did. anonymous, yeah, exactly. Whereas I thought GMS was kind of hard done by not to pick up man the match on, on Sunday because he generally did look a threat as yeah. well every time he got the ball see I okay. kind of have a point on this other, so I'll let you finish what you were well what I was going to say is that it's basically that, that number 10 that's replacing Kenny McLean that's completely fucked up basically because it means they've got a real lack of depth, depth in that midfield because you know we already spoke about Tansy's there but he's, he's not going to is he there or is he not on loan somewhere I don't know is he just there yeah. just sitting down yeah he's um, he's not going to play they brought in Stephen Gleeson? Nope. <laughs> <Is it> not <laughs> Stephen? Yeah, just hard note. And Chris Forster. I think they too were the Kenny McLean replacement. So Gleeson was a player who could kind of sit further back and do a lot of what McLean done back there in terms of the kick passing. And Forrester was the, supposed to be like the McLean number the 10. Yeah. So you're thinking if one of them can work out, yeah. then you're replacing some of McLean's game and then you can, you know, for depending on the opponent, you can put in Don Ball if you just yeah. need somebody to run around, you can put in Ferguson if you need somebody who's a bit, you know, more savvy and stuff. But without either of them working out at all, it just kind of leaves you with this void and they're just, McInnes is trying to find an answer. And have they had McLean? You think that some of the other problems, like McGinn not being on top form, the strikers not really firing, wouldn't be that much of a problem because they weren't that much of a problem last year. Yeah. But now, without him, it's kind of almost not quite a house of cards effect. Because I still think, like I say, the, the no, it can, can be rebuilt quite yes. easily. Is that, yeah, but it's uh, there isn't. That, you're right. There isn't that depth there that there maybe once was, and that that um, and teams have kind of figured out how to play Aberdeen a lot. And you, know, uh, you, we could be looking at this very differently if. if like there might not be the same positivity, but Aberdeen had they taken a, a beating on Sunday, well, like, listen, and now they've just got a dis- really a distraction yeah. for a final that they're going to get beaten in a couple weeks. This is what times. I was going to come on to, right? To me, from the start of this season, this Aberdeen team has been different from Aberdeen teams in the past, and that they were they seemed like they were going to go for second place each year. They're going to compete. If Celtic have a bad season, they can try. And again, they came close a couple of times. Should have pushed on, was it two years ago when it got yeah. to Christmas and the World Challenge and just didn't invest when they should have invested and they could have really kicked on and given it a good go. This season, to me, I think McInnes has set them up with a view of going to win something. Like It doesn't matter how well you play, you win. 
and again games like last night are a perfect example of it in that they've as you say they had a huge game on Sunday where they took I mean there's a series of bought, like walking wounded it looked like at the end of that game who have all now turned up again um, you've added in guys like Max Lowe who is an absolute engine from the back mm-hmm. as well Devlin and McKenna look absolutely rock solid to me I don't know whether it's just he's tried to change the team to have a better mentality in it and a bit of build a winning but it's, team but it's lost uh, a bit of vibrancy yeah, it's, not as, it's, not, it's not as exciting and it's not. And you saw that in the Rangers game as well in previous years they might have had a bit more of a go at the Rangers team they didn't until they kind of took their opportunity that they had they just seem an awful lot more functional now and I mean that in, in the most positive way possible and that can they set themselves up and particularly with Wilson now play himself in a bit of fitness and a bit of form goals like last night can they push Celtic in the cup final. I don't necessarily disagree with your points, but there is something also very Aberdeen about this Aberdeen team because this is their record so far. And right, so they've not played quite a full round of games because yeah. they've got a game in hand. Yeah. But what they have played, played four games against the bottom four, four wins. <laughs> three games against the top three, three defeats. <laughs> and okay. three, three of the four games against the rest, three draws. <laughs> <laughs> That's sensational statistic. <laughs> Okay, right, fair enough. Thank you to uh, whoever wrote that on AFC chat. That was brilliant. I'm not even needing to check it out. I'm just, I just kind of thought it through my head and thought, no, that's perfectly Aberdeen. That's, that's, that's definitely true. That's the most Aberdeen set of statistics that there could possibly be. <laughs> but yeah, just as I say, they seem more functional to me. They seem that we've got a, a bit more dig than they have done in previous years because previous years they'd have been two down to Rangers by the time they scored. Yeah, I think. Uh, Dougie Emery's in the data yeah, oh, again back to stupid red cards again well I was going to come on to Emery because I think he epitomises a lot of the kind of decline of our keys and why the supporters are a bit kind of fed up because we do this every year yeah, and they'll still every, finish 10th every, every year Dougie Emery gets sent off and we say this is, this is highlighting that our keys are falling apart from getting away from what they always do okay. they won't no. <laughs> no no what I was going to say is that they're not getting away from what they do they're kind of doubling down on what they do what they don't have now is they don't really have a kind of player like Templeton like like Crawford, yeah, like Dockery, like somebody with kind of real quality who can shine through a team that otherwise is a bit just kind of hard working, ground it out. Kind yeah, of thing. I mean, and their players are getting picked off a lot quicker. Like their yeah. players' talent. Ferguson are, disappearing as quickly yeah, as he did. Yeah, like is and is a is a sign that people recognise what they like. They know what they're getting when they buy yeah. Naki's player. The same way you, know, it happens that teams go on runs. Well, Hibs had it for yeah. a while, and Motherwell have had it for yeah. a bit recently. That you know, that all right, okay, if he's playing well in that team, then he's a, like yeah. the mentality will be right yeah, that yeah. we can go and succeed. That's why I think Aki's fans every season, this, this team, despite the fact that it's almost a minor miracle, they've stayed up as long as it is. They but really they just prefer watching European youth games. They really, they really, they really, they really, they really, they really don't. <laughs> Trying to drag this back here, sorry, <laughs> but it's mental. Like, which, yeah. I mean, like it is mental. They, like, just even just seeing how Anaki's be bow and something that's not a preseason friendly <laughs> in any context at any age group at any level is a bit disconcerting. Yeah. And again, I, I don't mean it to be critical. I call it absolutely fair play. They're making the very most of it. But uh, sorry, sorry, they're, they're very hard to please during the season. But then when it comes to the end of the, the campaign, they're usually like, right, Cannon kept us up. Shut up, you moaners. That's a great job. Let's move on, hopefully better next year. But I kind of get the feeling that this year they've just kind of had enough with a kind of style of football and without those kind of exciting players, just the, those those roses growing through concrete, that it's just become too fed up. And if they do manage to stay up, finishing like 10th to, you know, just ahead the of worst, St. Mirren. The worst Dundee, Dundee and St. Mirren teams yeah, in history. I still think a lot of fans would be like, no, it's thank you, but it, it's time. Yeah. Uh, unless he figures out something. Uh, they certainly didn't like the team uh, against Aberdeen. Uh, to start with, I was like, oh, no, hang on, hang no. on. They've won 3 4 3 with um, 
with uh, Michael Miller and Rakish Bingham playing off uh, Brustad. And it's just like an 8-1-1. Eight, eight, one, one. <laughs> yeah, it, it very quickly settled into that. And, but they'd still had the chances. That, I mean, that was... They, they weren't without... It wasn't without merit. The 38 fans that went must have been quite frustrated, I would imagine. And Brustad goes going mental as well at Cannon when he got taken off before half-time. Not a great sign, but again, Emery, again, talk oh. about stupid red cards. And Emery. Gary Wood's having another howler. <laughs> what has happened to him this season? Ever since Joel claimed he was like the third best goalie in the league or whatever, he's just been <laughs> shocking. The curse is scared. <laughs> right, let's move on. Rangers 1, Kilmarnock 1. Um, I would just like to highlight, um, I am very... Impressed at Biffy Clyro's viral marketing, which single handedly made me re- made me sign on the Spotify and listen to Biffy Clyro again today. So, congratulations, lads. Well done. For anybody who doesn't know, oh, there's a picture of uh, Ben from Biffy Clyro, the drummer, absolutely giving it to the Rangers fans in the command again. It's sensational. <coughs> kind of. It's back to being worrying times against the Rangers. It didn't help as well that their board released. Uh, their annual results said that they'd lost like 14 million and then the team go up and serve a, a bit of a dud game against Kelly where they they were slow and ponderous they, they didn't move the ball quickly enough to try and cut through Kilmarnock and they just kind of played right into Steve Clark's hands yeah uh, there's there's elements of how Rangers are playing at the moment that reminds me of Hibs in that first season under Stubbs obviously going to bring it back to Hibs but like the, that, the, there's plenty of endeavour they're dominating a lot of games but they're, they're passing up an awful lot of chances and yeah. then they get punished Yep. for and not again, doing so and again and also you're playing Kilmarnock they always try to like, it's not like they will always try and equalise pretty quickly on <laughs> quite soon after score Kilmarnock got a goal down off let's just walk it in let them walk it in <laughs> um, so I mean first of all for Rangers goal um, it feels important to give at least some credit to Nick Walsh for not stopping the game as Kilmarnock put a flat in the Rangers can't even that's funny goal yeah. that's good goal um, fair enough um, how bad was Joe Worrell for Kilmarnock's goal in just about every aspect given that he was turned by Stuart in the first place then got back got himself back into position and, and then absolutely failed to close it down the short aisle very good the Rangers and, and it's, it's not as if you might have scouted that as how Greg Stewart likes to do things in the box as well, <laughs> it's like Chris Boyle in the sports scene called it the Greg Stewart goal like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, money. show him the byline show him the byline <laughs> Rangers fans are not a fan of Warhol as well and Is it because he looks like an Easter Island statue? <laughs> <laughs> Katic came back in for the Hamilton game but he was really poor against Hamilton and you have to wonder whether they're kind of getting dropped for Warhol who doesn't look as good a player as also kind of affected Katic's form as well and this is kind of the problem with the Rangers team is that he has they're kind of being hamstrung you know what you use it as an excuse but they have been hamstrung a bit by Europe because they're obviously not as good as Celtic so it's hard yeah. for them to, yeah. to you know to be at to keep putting in the kind of performances well they're not putting in performances on Europe but you know playing in Europe and then putting in the domestic performances yeah. and getting these results cause the- but also they're getting the performances in Europe which makes yeah. it difficult to write like you know it's yeah. that, so the expectation has raised been like oh we'd be able to do this against Spartak or you know which was a containment like you know yeah. they were unlucky in that game but it's that thing of it simultaneously doing well in Europe yeah. raises domestic expectations and but you don't have, they don't have the squad depth it's not, it's, to... It's not even like they're doing it in different ways. It's not like it's a, it's a Walter Smith European run no. where it's 4 5 They're just doing it really competently. Like, yeah, they're, they're, playing, they're playing really well. They're attacking teams. The, the, the game against uh, Rapid, they were fantastic. And again, they, took, they, they chased the ball, they ran the ball, they scored goals. It wasn't a case of, as you say, just stopping them playing, being Walter Smith and, and grinding out results. They're playing really well. And if they played at that level against, for example, Kilmarnock, you would imagine... 
they should take three points from that game. Well, one problem I think is that Gerard he said this a couple of times now. He's saying like if the players you know can't handle playing for Rangers, then I'm going to have to get they're not going to play in the the team, then I'm going to have to get new players. Well, the problem is it's still only November. And you've got a big so, squad. Yeah. And you've lost fourteen million pounds. <laughs> there's, there's two months to go to the window until you can freshen things up. And because they're playing they've played all these games. Yeah, but they're playing Thursday, Sunday now. Yeah. yeah. For, for he's having to use he's having to use all these guys that might have played in teams that they didn't show what was required to play for Rangers. He's then bringing them back in. And it's a lot of the characters as well that are in these games that just kind of get brought back for the, the next games. So there's, a, there's a lot of the guys earlier season as well. Um, Koulibaly, Arfield, I think, to name two, who looks very good to start with and have been pretty shit the last six weeks or so. And that's a bit of a problem, especially when it's a midfield and you already kind of looked in, you weren't too sure about the strength of Rangers midfield anyway. Yeah, and also up front is a bit of a problem as well because Morelos is firing and they've got very little else. Oh, it was, it was lovely reading some of the comments in the Rangers forum about Lafferty. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. frustrating is it? Thank, thank you for the money. <laughs> yeah. it's, the old, uh, it's the old Terry Butcher motivation tactic of coming in and saying you're shit. Do I play on Saturday? <laughs> well, we'll kind of shot a couple of bodies, mate. Uh, you do as a turn up front. You just need to improve every aspect of your game. Yeah, and I think there, I think there is an element of. It's quite early for Gerard to go to the go to that well and get in, and do it twice now. I think is uh, since he started is a bit dangerous. Also, just because he's a world class player, he gets it like yeah. the way he the way he. But Rangers can't afford to do what can't afford to do the what, that way that he's wanting. Yeah. He, he should be talking about. I need to improve these players to, to get them back up. Yeah, it's like not not be like yeah. not to be like if you you're shit, you're getting shipped out. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely going to ship out Sadiq, though, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Back to Rome you go. Yeah, funny enough, I didn't see him against Kelly. Yeah. No, he was nowhere, nowhere to be seen. 20 grand a week, apparently. Maybe because he's tiny head. Can you see him? <laughs> <laughs> or he can you see. We've <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really said much about Kelly, but they were just... Kelly Steve Clark against Clark. Old Firm. It's yeah. unbelievable. Or the, or, or the two big Glasgow teams. I think the noble thing here was that Greg Stewart started up front on his own and led the line very well. And the fact that Aberdeen fans must be a good forward and a good attacking midfielder, and Aberdeen fans are like, <laughs> we're literally here last season. <laughs> like, and again, we Stinking, I, said this a couple of weeks ago, like, again, just the way in which Clark has, has changed Kilmarnock, and you just, every time it comes around a Saturday, I look at the Kelly team line and just presume Chris Boyd's up front. He's just yeah. like, like weeks, months. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the way it's, it's seamless, he's handled that transition—that's yeah, yeah, the big thing as well. Seamless, seamlessly into Brophy and then into Stewart because it's a different game. You need a different yeah. thing from it. Um, and the fact that I mean, Chris Boyd I said to Duncan just before the show, Chris Boyd I thought was terrific on sports scene more than anything else. But he's not griping. It's not the sort of thing. He's a guy who very often speaks at length about things. You think it, you might at some point be, I do you know what I do. I do actually wish I was playing in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not not a bit of it at all. He's, he's, no. he's involved. He's fully on board with everything. Really, really. And that, and that could have been awkward for Kamarnik as a club to manage out because, like, because it is a it is a point track. Yeah. And you see how difficult it is with clubs that are similar players of eat that ego. Dundee, Dundee, <coughs> Dundee, Kenny Miller. Dundee are struggling to do that, and Kenny yeah. Miller has been there for twenty minutes. Like, it's just a difficult thing to do. But somehow, like Chris Boyd is just a case of he's getting the piss thing out by Haley McQueen. But that's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. It's just a case of this is what we're doing because everyone benefits out of that and you can tell that's that's an ethos that you can see throughout the squad there right let's get on to the fucking worst game ever (laughs) do we have to do we actually have to go on this will we just do the (laughs) we've got like five minutes right okay (laughs) 
Well, let's talk about the sheep. No, <laughs> let's not talk about the football. No, um, right. Is, is Martin Boyle still jet lagged? <laughs> yeah, he was, he's, he's, he's surprised that he's not played the game. Oh, why would why would you play Martin Boyle through the middle on a park the size of a village green? Like, is that like, not the best place to play him? Though? No, like, give him some room. His, his second touch is always a tackle. Like, so why, like, stick him out on the wing? Okay, fair and, enough. Like, and then I don't know. Maybe use one of your most technically gifted players in Sleepka in the middle of the park. It's a crazy idea. But I don't know. Um, Was he just lashed out there because they thought Mitchell would play and they thought he might actually be able to stop him? I have no idea. I've 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 I'll leave this to Neil Lennon overthinking the derby is not exactly news, but like you never like you were never gonna have a better chance to, to beat Hearts at Tynecastle in a while. Yeah. And and yet and yet here we go again. <laughs> See the Hearts team is literally like their body. Bring it, it's like bring out your dead. <laughs> Someone going round. Uh, what is it? The the Herrick walk just on the team bus before and just bring out your dead. I was I was going to go with uh, the John Travolta gif where he's got the Paul Fiction with the jacket just looking around. <laughs> Anyone? Um, anyone want the game? Anyone not injured for five months? Anyone not? It was a, it was a bold tactic to um, play Peter Herring up front with Callum Morrison in a weird four four two formation. First, what, first 10, 15 minutes, Tim's got the fright of the life. But all basically all that happened time and time again was that Callum Morrison just ran straight across to the space between Lewis Stevenson and Mark Milligan. Yeah. So between the wing back and the centre half and Hibbs is three five two. And just exploited that time and again, and for about 50 minutes, Hearts literally was only going to be one team in the game. Then Hibbs eventually kind of thought, right, maybe Stevenson should drop back a bit here, and maybe Milligan should track this run a bit better. And then once that happened, Hibbs were the better team for the first half, but didn't really look like scoring themselves unless it was a shot from Stevie Mallon. Yeah, yeah. could have could happened. Could have had a hat trick in the first half. It was a shame he didn't play in the second half, though, eh? <laughs> yeah, you really barely lost him. But then the second half. I don't know if it was the Hearts midfield themselves or Levine kind of giving them a bit more licence, but I thought the Hearts midfield really upped their game. They were actually did, yeah. able to pass the ball, which they weren't doing at all in the first half. But it, also, it did seem that passing had been banned like so by some sort of edict before. <laughs> Andrew Dallas gave it to the gentleman before and was like, lads, I know it's a game of football, but really we cannot be dealing with any more than two consecutive passes. Otherwise, they, they must have taken that off Motherwell and then given it to Hearts and Hibs. <laughs> yeah. Passing is now allowed at Motherwell, so passing is no longer allowed at Hearts and Hibs. Tell you what, if, the, if we do, I know it's a serious subject, but if we've got to be worried about concussion in football and the, and the head knocks, then Jesus, there's an awful lot of players last night because it was literally so many headers like it was just ridiculous like Christoph Berra was your... even playing he must have been so raging watching it oh, Christoph Berra is uh, I, said it, I said it last night he said it last night but he can't say it Insomniacs need to get together a kickstart to get him to do audio books because dear god he's awful as being a pundit but um <laughs> That was worth the wait, wasn't it? I'm trying, I'm trying what else was in the game that was any kind of interesting. Dick Off the football wise, absolutely fucking D- Dick Amona's attempt at an overhead kick yeah. was sensational. If I had gone in, I, I do actually kind of wish that had gone in because Rob's head would have detached <laughs> yeah. and fired into the night sky. Actually, you've just stumbled on a point that says so much that, the, with the exception of Malin shooting from distance, the best three chances in the game all came to heart centre half. Yeah, Jimmy Dunn and Dick, Dick Amona. No, just Jim Dick Amona. He, he had the overhead kick, he had the shot in the turn about 10 minutes to go, and of course he had the goal disallowed in the last minute. Shoot, Jimmy yeah. Don't have had a penalty. I didn't see it back. Um, 
I, I thought I, I thought it was, but I can also understand I, why it wasn't it's, given. It's, it's either either look at it in terms of oh, it's it's three people all tangling yeah. for the ball, or alternatively it's Craig Anderson didn't think it was. Like even when we were yeah. talking about, it, he said that that, that, I mean, that Stevenson, then started start pulling on. Stevenson on, was essentially well, that, that's fine. But then Stevenson, but does, Stevenson then appeared later and tried to like stone cold stun him by the end. So. Yeah, I, and it also didn't help that Darren McGregor had clearly taken whatever the YLT normally take on a, on the Wednesday night out when it first gets dark because he was bang up for it, but not necessarily being particularly uh, considered about what he his approach to anything. Um. <laughs> right, Camberry's red card. What was your thoughts? Uh, I, I, like I still, it's not. Has it been clarified yet? Is what he was the second? The, the I was, was fairly for. certain. I think it, we're it, fairly it, certain it's for the reaction. But he, but he didn't actually. Re- he didn't actually do anything. Yet he had was, his face was full of rage and was being restrained. But he didn't actually do he, anything. Why was it? Like, I, I watched it a couple of times. I still don't really understand why he was so raging about because it. Because I well, Gabriel uh, came up to him and basically said, "Do you want a fight?" And then he was like, "I fucking." Want but it. they were. I think they were the straight into Dallas, being like, "Oh, you've got to be put." And then he was reacting to it. And I then it was like, "He's a." I mean, it was pretty idiotic. Well, again, but well, this is this that's the third one of of last night. Essentially, the first one. I don't think it's a booking unless mm. it, uh, the, Dallas seemed to gesture for the but I, I hadn't I, noticed any previous ones. So. I saw. I mean, watched the highlights, so I don't really know. But I, like, it didn't. It, did, it felt it seemed overly the harsh. Thing, it seemed the but at the same time, you're like, it's under Dallas. Yeah, like, it seemed you know the sort I mean? of like, thing that you would include in a highlights package if somebody's going to be booked mm-hmm. yeah. for excessive foul, and then you would include some of the excessive foul. Yeah, because yeah. But the second one, I don't have any sympathy for him. It's a stupid, stupid. T- it's a stupid attempt to make, and I've always, it's something I always find very strange about football. In that, in sort of NFL, basketball, various other things, as soon as rugby, as soon as you're in the air, if somebody touches you, then that that's a foul. That's a foul that's given for mm. them. In football, it's a case of well, he's up in the air. Camberry comes in and absolutely cleans him out. In a way, again, you look at it in terms of. Yeah, he wins the ball, but it's a dangerous tackle. The way he's thrown himself at him, and the way in which um, is it Lee hits the deck as well. Yeah, Bazanich. Uh, it's horrible. Like, and again, like it's reckless from him. So I've, I have no sympathy for him whatsoever. I prefer that he was sent off for the heat to lost moment because that's funny. I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it was for the the, the uh, but yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was for that. I think it was a case of the referee. Um, I think because it, it just followed on from the the boil and. Um, Thingy instant, yeah, uh, down in the corner, and I think he just thought, "Well, this is what he thought." Like, Andrew Alisson was like, "It's just I've got to cool this down." Didn't really help, but um, I stuck around yeah. putting somebody off. Is it's really no, going to actually improve no. the situation? But again, I see, I've got very lot of sympathy for Canberra. It was a daft thing to do. Right, well, we're going to mention talking about the Lennon incident as the well. Shame game, but but um, it's kind of a, a infringes on what we're going to do for the Patreon. So we're just going to stop the show now and go on to that. So if you like to hear us talk about the Lennon incident and things, our apathetic list, which we have just stolen from uh, Football Three Six Five, by the way, just uh, full clarity. Head over to patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast for as little as $2 a month you could get all hours, hours of bonus content. Oh, just, you know, so much good stuff there. Anyway, Duncan, say goodbye. Goodbye. Graham, say goodbye. Goodbye. I'm Craig Fowler. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.